0: Hello and welcome back to the Coached by Dan podcast. Hope we're all keeping really, really well. I uh, have a really, really fun episode today uh, with my good friend and online client, Tegan. Uh, Tegan is a fellow online coach and personal trainer. And in today's podcast, we talk about things we wish we knew before going to a fat loss phase. And what Tegan did was she put a Q&A um, up on her Instagram story and got her clients and just general followers to kind of put in what they wish they knew more about before, you know, they went through a fat loss phase and kind of made that transformation. So for anyone who is currently starting or wants to go through a phase of, of dropping a certain amount of weight, um, the information we talk about in this podcast is going to be super, super valuable, it kind of almost prepare you for, for what's in store. Um, as always, if you want to learn more about Tegan, we talk more about kind of where you can find it towards the end of the podcast and it's also in the show notes. Um, it, hope you guys enjoy this podcast. Any questions, let me know. If you're listening on Spotify, feel free to rate five stars if you feel it's a worthy five-star rating. And same on iTunes if you'll be so lovely to do that. Um, Enjoy the podcast and uh, any questions, drop them my way. Enjoy.
1: Okay. (laughs) Um, But it was basically like I put up a question box saying to my followers, like, what were things you wish you knew before you started your fat loss phase or whatever? So, like, you know, there's pointers like that eating 1200 calories isn't a sustainable way to achieve fat loss because majority of people think that before they go in without a coach or with a coach or like sleep is underrated or you don't have to train six days a week to get results so i thought maybe pick like five of those and then just talk about them and talk shite about them
0: that's exactly what we're gonna do hegan welcome to the podcast you just entered the podcast for me which is very very helpful how are you getting on
1: I'm Grant, how
0: are you? I'm doing very, very well. Um, So for those who have just heard Tegan talk about pretty much what we're talking about today, um, we're basically going over things we wish we knew, or more so kind of things kind of as coaches, what we see kind of working with clients, but our clients and ourselves, of course, kind of wish we knew about fat loss before going into a fat loss phase. But before we get into any of that, Tegan, for those those listening who don't know who the hell you are, who are you?
1: So I am Dan's former client, still currently am, a little bit of a plug.
0: You're one of Dan's former clients.
1: Does that not mean current, no?
0: No, former means former. Former means you're not a client anymore.
1: Oh, sorry, 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 <laughs> sorry, sorry,
0: sorry. I had the double, there's no video for the podcast, I had the biggest double take ever. I was like, is this how you're telling me you're wrapping up?
1: <laughs> no, no, I just got my English wrong.
0: So current means current, former means former all right
1: okay okay so (laughs) Dan's current client sorry to give you a hard time um but I am a online coach slash PT and I have my own online coaching business
0: talk to me about that what's your business what do you do
1: so it's online coaching so I help mostly women to gain confidence in the gym and to get confident in training and nutrition. Um Mostly beginner-based, you know, I like to think that the way I coach is I educate them enough so that they can do it themselves, that they're not going to need me all the time. Um, and also I think a bonus is, you know, I've had my own fat loss journey. So I think being able to relate to how they feel um throughout that really really helps
0: i like it i like it and that gives us the very base of what we're talking about today i think one of the biggest things from fat loss coaching point of view is kind of if you've never been there yourself it makes it a lot harder um now i'm not saying you have to have been fucking hugely overweight to know it but like actually going through your own fat loss like at the end of the day if you're trying to lose 5 T 10 kilos 10-15-20 kilos you know the, the things you worry about, the things you struggle with will be rather universal. Now, obviously, when it comes to like rather obese clients who need a little more kind of helping hand, they obviously at least slightly different there. But I suppose kind of what we want to talk about now is is kind of taking what we've kind of gone through ourselves, kind of advice, kind of things that we've experienced ourselves. And obviously, like you said there towards the start of the podcast, what you've kind of, you know, experienced with clients as to kind of what we and they wish we and they knew um, before going to a fat loss phase. So, what would you say before going to kind of what your clients have, what do you feel like is the most, I suppose, overlooked aspect of it that, that people kind of in not looking into, they're like, this is so much harder?
1: Oh probably sleep. People have no like a lot of people have no idea that sleep has like such a detrimental factor to your fat loss phase.
0: Yeah. How do you mean?
1: So like, you know, it'll affect so many different aspects of your routine and of your life. So if you're sleep deprived, like your ghrelin, your leptin levels, which are your hunger hormones will be increased. So you'll probably want to snack more, eat more, more cravings for like salty foods, sugary foods, processed foods. Um, Then again, you're not gonna have enough energy for your training sessions either. You're gonna pretty much feel like shit you're going to want to give up easily as well um you could be on and during your training session as well which is no crack because you're just prolonging the damage again with recovery as well if you're wrecked tired all the time you're not getting adequate sleep you're not going to recover properly and that can lead to injuries as well
0: yeah i think you're dead right there i think it's one of the things like when it comes to fallout people are very much focused on purely kind of you know eat very little you know do a lot and as well as at the end of the day in theory like yeah those are important things to look into in more detail but like from a sleep point of view you kind of ignore the sleep side of things and if like you're dead right there like from a from a very basic level like when you like when you like when you look into kind of like what will call fat loss okay expend more calories again like like do more than you're eating in in essence and it's kind of like when you're massively sleep deprived like number one you're gonna wake up feeling like shit and you wake up feeling like shit you know, you're not really motivated to do anything. You're a bit like just kind of fatigued in general. You're not really going want to go for a walk, go for your training session, do a cardio. If you're wrecked, wreck, you're wrecked. You're going to wake up, hit autopilot, have your breakfast, go to work, come home, chill out, have an early night and fucking crack back on tomorrow. So there's no real kind of routine there from a sleep point of view. Like, yeah, like from a very basic point of view, it's going to fuck you massively. And then we kind of look into, you know, the more internal side of things, the more kind of like, you know you mentioned their kind of hormones like ghrelin and leptin so ghrelin and they, it, like to make it really simple ghrelin to create make you feel hungry like that feeling of hunger you have as ghrelin means secreted in your body like okay we need food leptin makes you feel full so that feeling of you feeling full leptin is created to let you know okay you're you've eaten quite a lot of food now let's fucking stop so when you sleep deprived your body has a massive up regulation what's called ghrelin and a massive down regulation is called leptin so you're producing more of a hormone that makes you feel hungry and less of one that makes you feel full so you're going to feel hungrier and have less of a kind of a fullness threshold so you'll keep eating, eating snacking 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 and all of a sudden you're kind of like well i want to lose weight but i'm always hungry what's going on you kind of and that's kind of one of the sneaky things you're kind of like you wouldn't sleep think sleep plays a role in it but you're kind of like well i'm always feeling hungry and is so hard for me it just doesn't work for me it's like well no it does your sleep just fucking sucks and then like you said all everything you mentioned there about sleep like yeah i completely agree i think one of the things i would say along with that is a very fucking good point um you've made their about sleep is that you know is that how do I explain it that it's not complicated but people will take a very complicated approach to it like again because I hate people who just say like oh it's being deficit of calories at the end of the day like in theory yeah it is just being a deficit of calories but you know actually being it is harder said than done is, 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 easier, is easier said than done you know, when you actually look at how you can maintain it, you know, when you look at things like, you know, yes, in theory, if you just eat X amount of food and, and burn X amount of calories a day, you will lose body fat. But like, how do we do all this when you're really fucking stressed? How do, you do this with a nine to five job? How do, you do this when, you know, there are mental issues in the back, mental problems in the background there that are, that are causing a bit of trouble there, sucking you the dogs? You know, there are all these things going on in the background that could be massively kind of yeah, intruding that could make it significantly harder to get done and you know so when you just hear kind of like oh let eat less, do more it's kind of like well yeah in theory that's right but you know when you don't consider anything else you're left feeling like oh i'm just fucked you know
1: yeah that's it but exactly with that though the whole phrase of i think people have been brought up to think okay if they you know want to lose a few pounds it's just the phrase eat less move more there's no Kind of detail to that. It's just a phrase. You know, no one ever really goes into detail about it. Like your normal Joe soap wouldn't go into detail about it. Like, yes, it is eating less and moving more, but like there's so many different factors involved with that. And no one really ever explains that for people.
0: I completely agree. And it's, like at the end of the day, it's kind of like when you look at what you can get off social media, like social media is kind of like everyone's go to you know, this kind of information. Like it's very hard to fit all that into an Instagram post, into a 60 second video. So it's kind of like, oh, well, let's give, you, let's give you what they want to hear. Let's make it sound easy. Let's make it sound doable. So then they'll buy from us. What's, what's kind of like, actually looking into more kind of how it actually works. It's probably not the case. Um, You, I believe you have a little list in front of you um, with things. So basically Tegan did a little, question box on instagram there last we believe it was asking kind of what people wish they knew about fat loss before they go into fat loss phase and she's a lot more prepared than i am because she has a list and i don't um so we're gonna work up that list um so yeah if you, what, what was the first thing down that list
1: so the first one is that the scales don't mean and i quote quote shite nice nice The
0: scales.
1: how do you mean explain that a little bit more shite. so I'm a very good example of this, aren't I, Dan? There we go. <laughs> yeah, so <absolutely. laughs> And I think it's important to also mention like, yes, Dan is coaching me and I'm a coach myself, but coaches will still have the same problems and issues as their clients, you know? Um, but when we talk about, I suppose the scales don't mean shite. I suppose in hindsight, what it basically means is It's not defining who you are. Like if you have, say, a night out where you haven't seen your friends in a a few months because of COVID, uh, you go out for dinner, you don't go out for dinner much even, and you really enjoy yourself. You don't get polluted around and pull the piss with the food. But like you wake up the next morning, you're a bit hungover, you get on the scales and you're like three or four kg up. And automatically people have alarm bells in their head, which I'm also guilty of doing as well. Uh, I think it's important to mention as well. Um, but it just does not mean like a lot of people think, oh God, I've just gained like five kg of fat. Like that's not the case. And I think what's funny actually, even just speaking about this is, is like, this is what I'm like. And I will say this to Dan but i'm saying this now to other people and it makes sense (laughs) do you know Mm. what i mean um but yeah like at the end of the day if that's the case and you see an increase of the scales like going up it's not fat and i'm here to say it everyone it's not fat like it is not possible at all in any shape way or means to gain five kg overnight of fat of body fat
0: yeah, I think um, it's one thing you mentioned there is a really good point in, in terms of kind of like we'll tell our clients this, but ourselves will be like oh shit, like we're very good at giving advice, we're awful taking our own advice, which is again why it's really important for coaches that have coaches because it's kind of like you know coach people too, you know just because you know you're a PT doesn't mean you struggle with looking in the mirror seeing a few extra pounds, you're like oh shit that wasn't there last month, that wasn't there a couple months ago, and like looking back at all photos, and be like oh what am I looking at that now? You know it's it's already normal. I think the scales is a is a, is a big one, you know, and like. You're there right there. Like if so, like it's it's really easy to put on weight, but we're at a point now where everyone, when someone says weight loss, they mean fat loss. But like, if they put on weight, it's not weight; it's fat. John, you know so it's kind of like oh, I put on yeah. five kilos. Like it's really easy to put on like three kilos overnight. Really easy to put on three kilos in a day. If I always have weigh myself the morning, this evening, I'll easily be at like two three kilos heavier. That's how it is. And the other situation is like you know, it, it, it's the obvious things. Like no one will think of. Well, I've actually got a bit of food in me. I'm actually got a bit of drink in me. I haven't gone to the bathroom today at all. You know, it's kind of like well, I'm feeling a bit bloated. It's kind of like we don't consider these things. We're kind of like, what's the word? And it's like it's it's just how we deal with any stress. is kind of like we like we'll we'll go worst case scenario because we're kind of like, well, if we, if it's that, we know how to deal with it. Do you know, what kind of way. So it's kind of like it's and it's a very like, it, it, people do it. Like I've been guilty of it. I think a lot of people are guilty of doing it. And uh, it's fair to do it. It's not a bad thing. It's a normal thing to do. But kind of almost catch yourself when it happens. Almost kind of like you know, like talking to them, like, right, well, this has happened, you know, well, I'm thinking it's body fat. I think I'm putting on five kilos of body fat. How about I just kind of talk myself out of it? Like, what have I done today? Well, I went out for a few drinks, put a lot of drink in me. I got a lot of food in me. I haven't got the bathroom yet. I'm very bloated. X, Y, and Z. You know, in a day, yeah, cool. Not the end of the world. But again, at the end of the day, you know, I think I'm big, I'm one big person, one person for very much. I'll never sugarcoat things. Like if you're seeing the scales go up week, like if you're five weeks into a fat loss phase, and you're seeing the scales go every single week. Like, it's not the scales aren't lying to you. The scales, like, you probably are putting on a bit of body fat as, as time goes on. Like, what we're trying to say is, like, over the space of, like, a couple of days, or, like, a week, or, like, two weeks, if you see wake up, it doesn't necessarily mean body fat. But if, like, four, five, six, seven, eight, nine weeks, you're like, okay, hey, what's going up? Yeah, you're probably putting on a bit of body fat. You're probably not doing something to favor that deficit a little more. So probably reassess and kind of look into that. Do you know what I mean?
1: Exactly, yeah. And again, like, with people like that using the example of people going out and having a few drinks or whatever when they step on the scales the next day purely what it is is extra water you know you've probably had like more carbohydrates than you would normally have on a basic day you've probably had a bit more salt as well compared to your normal day and that's what the increase is and it's not body fat um but yeah I completely agree with like this thing is is it will probably go down if it's the the example of going out and stuff what would you say you would say it'll probably go down after a few days it'll settle four or five days after when people yeah. get that oh shit feeling when they step on the scales being like oh god 5 kg increase
0: yeah you yeah, know yeah, right it's it's and it's one of the things you got to look into like when it comes to like weight loss like yeah like some people will put on that weight one day lose the next day and go back to normal. That's fine. So it'll take a few bit longer to get it done. You know, it's like it doesn't really matter how long. If you're someone who's listening to this, you know, that's happened to me before. Like James began saying, just don't worry about the weight going up. Just kind of wake up the next morning, but like I'm accepting the weight's going to be up a little bit. Maybe popping scales, maybe don't. I don't fucking care what you do. Whatever you want. You know, I'm not your fucking man. But it's kind of like if whatever you do, like recognize. You know, if it is up a little bit, cool. It'll probably stay there for a couple of days. Wait for it to come back down and crack on to normal. If you're out every single weekend, the same thing's happening over again, then you just got to reevaluate what the fuck you're doing. You know, it's kind of like, I want to get in a swimming pool, but I don't want to get wet. It's like, well, what do you fucking want? You know, I want to lose X amount of kilos. I want to lose X amount of body fat, but I'm going in every weekend. It's kind of like, well, if you're doing that every single weekend, not saying you can't go out every weekend and drop body fat. You know, you can if you want to, it'll be fucking hard to do. You know, I wouldn't recommend it. But if you want to fucking crack on with it, you know, again, (laughs) I'm not your fucking caretaker. Fucking go for it. You're not away? But it's yeah, kind of like, yeah. if you're doing something that's not working for you and like you're not seeing results from it. you're constantly having that anxiety of weight's come up, stabilise back then again, okay, we're seeing progress here, another night out, oh, weight's going back up, gotta like take control of that again. Look into your, like what you're doing because if you really want to see the weight come down, you probably need to change something about what you're doing day to day, week by week, your social life, your lifestyle, all that fun stuff there. I kind of crack on all that there. It's not a nice conversation to have with clients. It's not a nice conversation to think to realize yourself, but it's kind of like, if you want this thing, you got to have trade-offs, do you know? Uh, But yeah, generally speaking, like if we do see wake up after night out, don't fucking worry about it. If you've had, you know, generally speaking, if you've had a few nights to drink, there's probably a good chance you probably will actually lose weight because you're massively dehydrated. You know, you've actually wake up. Anytime I've got out purely drinking, like a very spirity night out, um, I woke up the next day lighter and fucking shred it. But then the next way it back on because you're so dehydrated, you have a ton of water, ton of food. Like when you dehydrated, your body kind of craves things to kind of hydrate itself. So it'll be more kind of salty foods and water. Water to dehydrate, salt to kind of help, you know, retain more water. So you'll probably wake up, if it's a day of pure drink, you'll probably wake up the, the next day feeling quite light and actually look kind of shredded. And the next day, that's when it all comes up. Either way, whenever come, when it happens, like one day is not going to fucking ruin everything. So if it is happening, like it's happened, don't sweat it. Crack on as normal. And if it's happening every single weekend, maybe reassess kind of your actions and habits and lifestyle and all that fun stuff, you know?
1: Definitely, yeah, 100%. Sweet.
0: Right, So we to
1: the next point. Let's hope yes. do it.
0: Let's go to the next list.
1: Next point so I really like this one. This one is, I wish I knew that I didn't have to give up all, quote, bad things I loved to get healthy.
0: Yeah. Oh. I don't like that. I this whole like categorizing of good and bad food is just stupid. I get like, don't get me wrong, I get it. I understand where it's come from. Like, I get why it's been done. Like in theory, like chocolate, crisps, ice cream, donuts, cookies, bad food. Like, yeah, cool. Let's label them bad food to stop people having them because if you're having very small things that won't fill you with a calorie density, you eating more of them. You'll be in that surplus. It'll be easier to gain body fat. Like, I get it. But, if I said you, don't think about a big pink elephant you're thinking about a big, big elephant. If I say don't eat these foods, you don't want to eat these foods. This is how people fucking work, you know? So yeah, the whole categorizing side of things, probably not the best way to approach body fat. What do you think? Or body fat loss even, what do you think?
1: Definitely, yeah. Like, I mean, I just have this automatic thing in my head though, like when people think that, you know, they have to get rid of all these bad foods is because either, you know, the way that essentially we were brought up when you think of it like you know treat day was always like a friday or a saturday so it's like automatically labeling that food without subconsciously realizing that that's a little bit damaging what, what like do, would you agree with that
0: yeah 100 100 and it's 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 trying to untrain habits and like it's a hard thing to fucking do People like to kind of you know, we're all very set in our ways and our beliefs setting back not going to win we try to challenge those beliefs challenge that way of thinking it's no, that's one of the harder things to do. You know, Have people you think, like, oh, sugar is a bad thing. When you actually study, it, I'm like, it's not a bad thing. Like the meant you'd actually need for it to be an enemy harmful it's quite a lot more than you think, you know, well, you're saying this, but everyone says the other thing. So why are you right? Like, I get it. It's fair enough. Like to be kind of questioning about it. But I think the hardest part is kind of like untrain those prior beliefs. Um, Like if your treat day and when you were younger was on a Friday, you know, you're probably, you know, come a Friday after work, you probably do want to, you know, go out and fucking spoil yourself, eat whatever, get a takeaway. Now there's nothing wrong with that. But like, again, when we start seeing these things, like, again, we're all saying this, like with like asterisks of them, like, yeah, we're saying like, you can eat what the fuck you want. But then that if you get a pizza every second, every fucking day and like milk, chocolate and you no know, tomorrow, like you're not going to see weight loss happen. Like that's just the story of unless you're fucking exactly, um, yeah. crazy, crazy man. But what I'm trying to say is like things like, you know, if you're having a dairy milk, that kind of way, like at the end of the day, like, if you want something sweet, having a family-sized bar dairy milk, having four squares of dairy milk, like you'll get the same satisfaction from both. One will make you feel a little more unwell and have calories a lot higher. One will just satisfy the craving, you'll be happy out. You know, it's kind of, you know, understanding that like- I
1: think that's I, important, yeah.
0: Yeah, and understand like everything's like, everything's fine, but like the way I like think, the way I've, I've kind of, I will look at it, it's kind of like, there's no good or bad foods, there's optimal foods, suboptimal foods, it's kind of like, you know, almost like investing and what's your eternal investment and kind of like, you know, they're, off of foods, off of foods, good diets, bad diets. Like, okay, we think about like a chicken breast. Okay, cool. Well, chicken breast you know, it can be really tasty. That's a that's a good return on investment. If we fucking season it that can make a heavy hookup, that's a good return on investment. Um, high in protein, also pretty good value for a buck. Um, like filling, cool, goes with everything, cool. Okay, that's a that's a pretty optimal food, you know. A pizza you know? Well, number one, it tastes fucking cool. Okay. That's a good, that's good. We, that's, we're getting that return on it, but like, okay, really easy to eat and really high in calories. Okay. Mm, not the best bang for your buck. Nutritional value, not fantastic. Okay. Suboptimal food, but just because suboptimal doesn't mean we can't fucking have it. You know, so maybe have a banana off, you know, chicken breast, we're going like broccoli, chicken breast, good quality foods. Okay. We get a lot back from these and they'd be quite tasty. Let's have more of them and things like pizza. Okay. Suboptimal, but like have them every now and then because at the end of the day they still have that quality of taste, really fucking good. If you really like the taste of it, like don't get rid of that. Same with chocolate. Okay, chocolate. That's right, yeah. Chocolate. Mm, not very high protein intake, really fucking tasty. Um not huge. You know, you can get an easy bar of chocolate 200 two hundred calories, not gonna break the bank. Okay, suboptimal. But again, have it every now and then. And when you begin to relabel them as kind of optimal, suboptimal it's kind of like well, like everything we do day to day, like you know, if I'm sat down, you know, watching TV, Watching Netflix instead of like watching an educational video to improve my, myself as a coach, or watching Netflix instead of, you know, doing some bit of work that i'm put off the next day. Suboptimal, but at the end of the day, I'm fucking enjoying myself. I want to do it there and then. It's not the end of the world. You got to fucking do these things. And it's kind of trying to rid the thought of good and bad food optimal, suboptimal. At the end of the day, it's kind of like, like I'm saying, like pizza, I quote it as a suboptimal food. You know, if you're having a pizza every single night from like fucking Domino's or whatever, you have an 2000 calories in your day. As putting into surplus, that's going to create a bad diet because again, you're probably not getting a lot of protein. Carbs quite high, you know. Nutritional value is probably going to be quite low. Mm, a lot of optimal foods equals a not great diet, you know.
1: Definitely, yeah. And I think as well when we talk about that, I suppose it'll link into the next point as well. But what I was going to say is, you know, the whole phrase of again, eat less, move more and then the good and bad foods it's like before people knew anything really much about losing body fat it was you know give up sugar give up bread uh what else was there give up you know biscuits and sweets and whatever that comes along with that and i suppose with that coming then it'll lead into the next point then of you know people wish they knew that carbs didn't make them fat
0: yeah I think it's, it's one really good thing you kind people. of mentioned there which I think is really funny It's you kind of mentioned there like you know when you think of like how it would have been to lose weight it's kind of like don't do this don't eat carbs or that like if you go into Google and look up you know how to lose weight you know 15 expert back tips for safe stable weight loss folks in the first 5 to 10% vague, don't know what that phone means reduce the intake of ultra processed carbs and sweets eat more plants point your protein drink more water eat a well rounded breakfast stand up and move more like yeah these things aren't wrong but it's kind of like there's not telling you kind of why this all works, it's not telling you fucking all this fun stuff. It's kind of like it, in theory, like these are all things that like will help it's kind of like it doesn't tell you the actual thing, which is like obviously being deficit calories, head to maintain that's kind of telling you move more, run, eat less of this. It's kind of like that's not really helping anyone. And like the carbs, I think, yeah, like the carbs I think is it's probably one of the most like, you know, I think one of the most like heard of things I'll hear from clients is kind of like, oh, weight and shifting. I think it could carbs and this and that. It's kind of like, well, when you look at it, it's kind of like and this is how I always love going kind to of describe it. It's kind of like carbs from a calorie point of view carbs and protein are the exact same. They both have four calories per gram, right? We see protein as this really amazing thing. Oh, I love this, want more of that. Carbs, ooh, can't have that. But it's kind of like, well, if I have grams of protein, 100 grams of carbs, I'm still getting 400 calories from both of them. It's the exact same thing. Um, now, one is easier to eat more of, it's easier to eat more carbs, that's it. Protein a lot harder. Like it's it's easy. It's easier to eat three hundred grams of carbs, three hundred grams of protein. Simple, simple as as it is. And the reason people will go, you know, to cut all carbs, like naturally, if we kind of let people eat how they want to eat, majority of people's calories will come from carbohydrates. Just because, again, like when you think of just how they are, they're the cheapest thing to buy. They're really easy to eat, and they're really fucking tasty. You can buy something that's cheap, easy to actually get into you and easy to and taste and you want to do it, you'll do more of it naturally being like when, like when you're proving for clients the nutrition stuff, I guarantee their carbs from a number point of view, are a lot higher, but you don't have anyone on, on you, you'll very, very have someone on 300 grams of fat or protein, but 300 grams of carbs, not totally unheard of Joe. You know? And it's because they're tasty, they're easy to eat. And so like, if you, if you get rid of someone's carbohydrates, you could easily slash their calories in half. But again, what that'll do for them, you know, in theory, yeah, you'd be in a bigger deficit, but in, like in reality, be fucking miserable
1: exactly yeah and that's it though like you don't want it unless you're some absolutely psychotic body builder and is prepping for a show like you just don't need to do it
0: yeah that's it like it's it's one of those things it just it just it just in theory it makes sense, but like in practice, kind of like carbs like from an energy point of view, yeah, like when you're dieting down, you know, if you're going to the gym, you want a bit of energy because then you're you're being a dead to calories anyway. You probably want carbs to be a little higher anyway, just to give you energy to train and actually function properly, you know, to actually enjoy your diet. Even someone of like a protein and fat-based diet, like they're gonna throw a lot of you can still enjoy stuff, but you're gonna throw a lot of enjoyment out the window. And when you kind of look at us from a human point of view, not a robotic point of view, like people don't just like don't eat carbs. Okay, cool, don't eat carbs. Like, well, no, I'll say don't eat carbs. First couple of days would be kind of fine. But then like when you realize, oh, actually, I'd love a bowl of cereal. I'd love a donut. I'd love a cookie. I love some pasta. I love some rice. It's kind of like, well, I want a bowl of cereal. Like, what the fuck do you do then? It's like, well, you're just a human wanting human things. You should be able to do that and not feel worried about it. So when there's more education around how it actually works, like I had a bowl of Coke pots breakfast this morning, fucking, you know, fucking class. Protein's quite low, carbs are gonna be quite high. I don't fucking care, you know. I'll make it up for later on in the day. But at the end of the day, no well, I'm not gonna be putting on tons of waste because my understanding around weight losses and weight maintenance and all that fun stuff there is kind of like, it's just, it's a bit more than people will be. So I suppose people don't need to be fucking rammed and throat with, oh, don't eat carbs. Don't eat, like, don't eat bad foods. More so cases okay of like, well, you can, if you want to, but just here's something to look out for, you know?
1: Definitely. Yeah. Yeah.
0: Oh, uh, it's just silly. It's just silly.
1: right? It is very silly. And what else we got? Uh, What else have we got? Um, well, we spoke about this one pretty much just there. It was eat more to fuel your body. So, like, think of food as fuel. Like, it's not this thing that you have to decide whether you're going to have or not have. Like, like the analogy they use with the car and petrol or diesel, whatever. You know, with no petrol, the car can't run. With no food, we can't like we can't even work. Do you know what I mean? Like you'd be falling asleep at your desk. You won't be getting anything done. Your days will just be long and boring and tiring, and it's just—it's not fun. It's shit crack.
0: <laughs> yeah, no, I agree, and I think it's—I think I always try to be really careful when I talk about food as fuel because I never want to come across a way of kind of like we need to look at food as just fuel. And like some clients come to me like, "Oh, I think I've seen a food as anything but fuel." Well, it's actually no, because at the end of the day, like you know, you're meant to enjoy your food, you're meant to like enjoy things. But at the end, of the day, like yes food will fuel you like yeah well, if you want to do things well you probably need something to kind of fuel energy so having calories protein carbs fat. yes you do need them to have a bit more energy in you of course but like it should also just like priority should be to enjoy yourself And i think like i'd argue like above anything like enjoyment is there above the whole fueling mentality mentality of it but like yeah you're dead right there like if i'm trying to lose body fat like yes in theory if i want to like 800 calories a day I get fucking shredded real fast, you know, but I feel like shit. Um, I have very little energy. I'd probably feel really fucking stressed. Um, my gym life, my fucking training, that's my god of shit. But like even, even looking at life outside the gym, because I, I think a, a really important thing to do here is always, you know, not just focus on the gym and the training-based negatives, but like look at everything else, you know, you're probably going to be really irritable. You know, you probably have a lot more fights with family members, with girlfriends, boyfriends, husbands, wives, you know, sex drive's gonna go down the fucking drain. You know, you look at things that could affect you, the people around you, from a non-training point of view, it's kind of like, you know, you want to lose body fat for yourself, but at the end of the day, your life is not the fucking gym and shouldn't be, unless you're like literally pro-bodybuilding, that's your fucking life. Like it shouldn't be your life. It's there to complement your life, not take it over. But you're making decisions that are literally gonna affect everything you fucking do. It's kind of like, well from an optimal point of view we could talk about that optimal point of view like optimally yeah eat as little as you can and fucking crack on with it but from a realistic point of view like it's not going to be very helpful because you're going to feel like shit you're going to move like shit you're going to look like shit you're just going to have a miserable time for what for like a 5 cent change of body fat now you're better off doing it in a more stable way a slower way that you can actually maintain long term but as a yes make sure you have enough food in you back to the original point make sure you have enough food actually in you have to kind of fuel your daily, your daily life fuel energy to have better sessions to recover better to make sure you're not really irritable make sure you're not constantly snacking like find that nice middle ground between being deaf, but also not feeling like shit dead right
1: dead right Oh, so next one, this is a good one. So this, like, it's two points put in one. I think what I'll do, because it'll be easier. So the first one is program hopping will slow down progression. And the next one is that you don't have to train six days a week to get results.
0: You this one. What do you think?
1: Definitely. I would agree. Like, I mean, it's quality over quantity. I think, you know, when it comes to training sessions, like, you don't go to the gym seven days a week because you're not, you're, that's just essentially going to slow down your results. You're not letting yourself recover. Um, you're not letting yourself rest. I mean, when you're resistance training, it's essentially tearing your muscle tissue to grow bigger and stronger. And if you're not recovering properly, sure. You're not going to get the, you know, the hashtag gains. Um, program happening as well. Like, I do think a lot of this is to do with muscle memory as well. Like even I find, you know, that first plan that I was on for a few months, our first one, I absolutely loved that one. And it was like, I even did it in strict order of the types of sessions they were, because for some reason, just I think it's more psychologically. I think I mess it up when I mix it too much around like every week and then Mm. you know weeks end leads to months um so i definitely do agree with both of those points like program hopping isn't going to do you any favors you have to give time to doing different programs like minimum i would say eight to 12 weeks
0: yeah i think yeah i think from from a strictly fast point of view like yeah like when we kind of we look at the training, I think, from a fat loss point of view, we've got to be very much like, you know, understanding like like train like in theory, you can program hop all you want. If you're really fucking active at the gym, your diet's spot on, you can program hop all you want, you probably use body fat. But again, we wanna always approach them like what's gonna give me the most sustainability long term. It's kind of like from a programmed point of view, like if you're constantly program hopping, you're not giving yourself time to actually enjoy anything you're fucking doing. So if you're not enjoying if you're not finding a means of training that kind of satisfy and that you enjoy, like, you're not going to be doing it long-term, you know? So from a programming point of view, like, yeah, the less pro hopping you do, the better. Like, you can find what you actually enjoy doing and, like, progressing with that, because at the end of the day, like, yeah, your training in the gym, cardio, will, you know, add up to the calories you spend day to day. Like, it's not going to be a huge amount, so I wouldn't sweat it too much, but it still will add some to it. So if you've got a loss, you know, you may as well enjoy what you're doing along the way. So If you're in the gym doing... Uh, a five days but you're not for 12 weeks you know from week one to 12 you're gonna see so much progression across certain exercises so you're gonna you're gonna want to come into week to week four, five, six, seven, nine, 10, 11, twelve you know with the goal of progressing at this or this or that just because it body fat doesn't mean you won't be, gain strength you know it's a big misconception you know you can but you don't have to it's very easy to avoid that as much as you can would it be optimal? no but it can be avoided and so if you're going to do every single day every single week with the goal of progressing well You're probably going to be enjoying yourself a lot more. If you enjoy yourself a lot more, you'll go a lot more. If you go a lot more, you see better results. You see more muscle mass develop, see again, body fat drop a little bit more, happy days. Whereas if you're constantly program hopping, it's kind of like, well, you're not giving yourself time to find what you actually enjoy. And then looking at the whole six day training side of things, like, yeah, there will be some people who will get away with training six days a week. That's fine. You know, I've done to a point and I've gotten great results from it. But at the end of the day, it's just like above, even above like recovery, it's just not practical for most people. You know, people who have you know, really busy jobs and hobbies outside and social life and kids and this and that. It's kind of like, you know, me personally, I I work for myself. I have all the time I need. I can't hack a six-day training plan because I'm just kind of like, I can't, I don't have the time to do it. I have other things I want to do. I have hobbies, I have pastimes, I have, I have Caitlin, I have all this kind of stuff. I'm like, I don't want to allocate six-day training. I'll be in the gym, you know, maybe three times a week. I'll run twice and I'll be happy at doing that because it gets worse. It brings me towards my goals. And so the, the, well, we can often, like, We'll often just feel let down because we don't meet the expectations we give ourselves. We expect ourselves to train six days a week, and we can't. Well, there's nothing inherently wrong with not training six a week, but your expectations have had you feeling that way. So it's very much a case of kind of change the expectation. Like you don't need to change train six days a week to see great results. You can if you want to, if you're able to do, and if you can, if it's feasible for yourself, absolutely go for it. If you enjoy that kind of a split, fucking crack on with it. But if you if you don't if you if it's causing more stress than 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 benefit, if it's if you're if you're not enjoying yourself, it's kind of like and again you're not recovering from it as well it's kind of like well go for four days but go for five go for three days but i don't fucking care just do something that you're enjoying like the whole thing from a training point of view from a fast point of view is find what you enjoy and you can progress with if you're if you can progress with it you're going to enjoy it a lot more if you join on more, you'll do it a lot more and from fast point of view there's no specific exercise or foods to eat it's about you know eating deficit of calories training the way you enjoy like training consistently move a lot more run a lot more and run a lot more. do what you want to fucking do to kind of help you get that kind of physique you want and just be consistent with it and we're going to find consistency through actual fucking enjoyment you know
1: definitely 100% I like it I sick. like it a lot I do like it too um, so I suppose will we do like one last one or is there anything you want to talk about
0: um I think I want to talk I, I think like we covered well obviously I do want to talk about things but we we'll talked about like I, I'm like I think we went through quite a lot there to be honest um, were there any more yeah, points left so- in here? No, on your, any more points left in your sheet or was that it
1: uh there's more points but i think that the ones that i have chose because i didn't yeah. pick every one of them i've kind of picked the ones that most people would agree with and want inf- more information on i i picked those so i think other than that they were probably the main ones that i definitely wanted to go over with yourself because i think they're probably the most useful ones
0: yeah i say probably like a lot of other concerns will probably feed them a lot more like we'll probably be repeating ourselves a lot more so like for yourself when it comes to like someone's coming in front of you losing weight like right tegan i want one piece of advice gonna help me massively with weight loss like what would that one piece of advice be
1: oh one piece i could probably pick 10 <laughs> um do do let me think now put me on the spot hmm Don't make it a chore.
0: Yeah, that's what I was pretty much going to say.
1: Because if it's, seen, if it's seen as a chore, you're automatically not going to want to do it. Um, and again, like that would definitely integrate with the whole, like enjoying the process. And I know so many people will always harp on about, you know, that sustainable change, make sure you enjoy it. And it's, but it is just so true because if you're not going to enjoy it, you're going to end up quitting sooner than expected, you know? Um, especially when it comes to beginners, I think as well, it comes down to, you know, they might expect really quick results. They might expect to have their quote dream body in six to eight weeks. And it's just not realistic. You know, a lot of the time we're comparing ourselves to people on social media. So it is literally understanding why you're why behind why you are choosing to go to a fat into a fat loss phase you know and not do it for someone else not do it doing it to look like someone else
0: yeah wait and I, I completely agree with you actually that was my point there is kind of to make sure you're gonna fucking enjoy yourself make sure whatever you're doing like it's it's not a chore and it's something you actually want to do um mine because you said that i would genuinely say this is going to be very kind of me say this, but get a coach. Um, not saying that to promote myself or you specifically, but more. So, like, you know, at the end of the day, if you want to do something better, have someone who's done it before. Have someone who, like, when it comes to any goal you have, always seek out, like, who, what organizations, what can help you with it. And, like, at the end of the day, it's kind of like we don't do what we do because we're in it for a fucking, oh, it's an easy way to make a lot of money. It's like it's, it's not, it's hard way to make a lot of money. It's, it's kind of like when you look at, like, why we do it, like, the reason that we do it because. We've been there. We've done that. We know it's going to help. I it's kind of like, personally, like, I've been in a position where I've not been very happy, healthy, confident in myself. And kind of like, we're having a coach. It's kind of like it's helped me get there. So, you know, I honestly would say, like, if it is something you're really struggling with, and it's been something you're struggling with for a while now, for months, years, you have no idea where to go, find someone, find a coach You you that you relate with, could be myself or T or anyone fucking else, you know, no matter who, but find someone you relate with massively, someone who has Experience with you. Experience with get in touch with them. See what they have to offer, and if you can, work them one to one because it's going to be such a. It's going to save you a lot, a lot of time in the long run, and a lot. Of, I mean, it's going to get you, you way on to be, you know, sooner rather than later. so That'll be my my biggest piece of advice there.
1: Yeah, definitely, and I think being able to relate with a coach is so much more important than just following the sheep and going to the coach that everyone seems to go to if that makes sense
0: yeah i agree like don't just do something with a big name it's not a big name because they're quite good i think that's fine if you go with them go with them but like go like trust your go with your gut here it's one of those things like go with your gut you know and like it's gonna be the right answer at the end of the day if you go with a you like them fucking ditch them find someone else you know but just kind of find something that clicks with you and fucking roll them the whole way through you know
1: definitely 100
0: unreal pegan it's been an absolute pleasure having you on for anyone who wants to follow you learn more about you where do they have to go
1: uh instagram is probably my main source of contact so that is tegan or fitness and then my email then is tour at gmail.com
0: amazing thank you very much again Tegan, for coming on the podcast and to everyone listening thank you very much for tuning in um hope is really enjoyed And if you have any questions go of course you can message tegan or myself um all of tegan's information will be in the show notes below or below kind of attached to the podcast so crack on do your thing tegan thank you again and uh, to everyone else i'll see you next friday